Welcome to Divorce Etc. hosted by us, the ex-experts. We're here to give you all kinds of information and tips on everything divorce. Plus, we're asking a lot of the questions that you may not even think of or know to ask, but we know because we've lived it so we get it. We're Jessica and TH. Today's podcast, we are thrilled to have Carmen D. Boyer. She is the founder of Carmen D. Beauty. And I just met her, I guess it's like two weeks ago, but oh my God, she just brings you in with her awesome energy. And she's a real life expert like Jessica and I are, as well as an amazingly constantly reinvented success story in terms of business and her own personal growth. So we are thrilled to have you here today. Welcome. Hi guys. I'm so excited to be here. We're so grateful that you're here and you have such an incredible story that we want to, you know, get into all of those details. Um, but TH was referencing something that you had written before. I'm going to let TH start off and ask it. <laughs> yeah. So the way we usually end a podcast is ending with what you wish you knew, because, you know, hindsight's 2020, we all have lots of advice to give to, you know, our soon to be, you know, the new group of divorcees, unfortunately, 42% of them. Yep. You told me about a quote that you wrote for yourself. Yes. So why don't you share that quote with us and give us a little bit of color around it? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of background. So, I mean, when I moved to New York City, I'm originally from Huntington Beach, California, and I lived in Miami. I lived in Europe. When I got to New York, it was 1996. I wasn't married yet. Um, I was just starting my career. And I wrote something to myself, which is give yourself fearlessly to the unknown. Open yourself to the limitless possibilities of experience. Beautiful knowledge is gained regardless of the outcome. Now, for a 20-something-year-old to write that, it was like a mantra because the big bad city was quite scary. And I didn't know what I was getting into, but I put that on my refrigerator and I reminded me, or reminded myself every day by reading it that just go for it, just keep doing things, even if it doesn't work out because you're gonna gain so much knowledge. So what you said earlier about what I wish I knew is how much power I truly had within me to overcome every obstacle and all the lessons I learned along the way. I wish that so many women out there who are going through divorce and just going through like all of the emotions that come with it knew that inside Everyone has an element of that power to be able to get through it. It seems so dark and scary and lonely and overwhelming when you're going through it. But then after the fact, we're able to look back and say that. It's amazing that you were able to say that beforehand. Yes. And I forgot it along the way. And I would have to remind myself because we all kind of fall back into bad pattern or bad, you know, bad thought process, especially when we hit obstacles in our life, when we go through tragedy, uh, tragedy, you know, when things don't work out the way we want them to, we have to remind ourselves that keep going. The knowledge is coming. Just open yourself up to the experience. I mean, I can't tell you how many times that I had to reread this. (laughs) And then I moved and I lost that note. And I just found it a little while ago and it's back up on the fridge. So poignant. Yeah. (laughs) What, what, so you moved to the city, but still like, that's a really deep self-discovery type of note to self. Yes. What even made you do that? Why did you feel you needed to put that to paper? 
Are well, you like a journal and stuff like that normally? I think for me, it was, I've always been a little bit of a risk taker. Um, I've always kind of you know lived by you know to the beat of my own drum and I knew that you know a lot of us have fears and anxieties but and it's not about being fearless it's about looking the fear in the face and doing it anyway because you will get you know you'll get to the next chapter and the next chapter will be better than the last one and so you know having that insight it was a scary moment moving here and by writing that down I was putting intention out there and that has helped me through all my ups and downs, all of the obstacles that came my way. And you never stop learning the lesson. And it just gets, it does get better. I love that energy. I feel like I, I am also a person. I, I feel like we have a little bit of a similar vibe. Like I'm a person who's yes. kind of like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Yes. Just got to keep getting through it every day. And everything happens for a reason. Everything. Even if you don't understand what that reason is at the time. You'll be able to look back and understand the lessons that you've learned. Yes. And that's just what life is all the time. And I love that that seems to be like exactly what your mindset is. Yes. People would be, I think amazed to hear the ins and outs of your story, in particular your divorce story, because there are a yes. lot of aspects to that story that I think a lot of women may be used to hearing from the man's side of things. Yes, yes, so exactly. So <laughs> give, give us like, you know, the background of that. No, yes, I, you know, I'm an open book when it comes to telling my story because Every one of us has a very, very unique story, but there's little nuggets with everybody's experience that we can learn from. And so for me, I, I was kind of at the top of my first round of career. Um, I was on What Not to Wear. Um, I was about ready to launch my very first makeup line. I was traveling nonstop. Um, and I was kind of lonely, to be honest. I wasn't really dating a lot. I couldn't, I didn't have a lot of time. Um, but I was spending a lot of my free time because we would have these hiatuses on what not to wear that we'd get like a month off. And I was going to Cuba and I loved the island of Cuba. And I met some friends there and I started going there and I met a man um, who I fell in love with. It was the romance. He was Cuban. He was from there. Oh, it just, it seemed like, you know, a dream. And I, you know, there was a box of the red flags. Number one, he was not American. He was from the island of Cuba. It's hard to get them into the country, as you know. Um, I believed that he loved me more than anything. And it was true love. You know, my friends kind of warned me. They said, hey, you don't know, you know, it's a third world country. It's communist country, you know, Maybe it's true. Maybe he wants to get out. And I just dove headfirst into it. And I brought him to the States. And there was um, an age discrepancy, no? Yes, that was seven years difference. I was seven years older. And of course, what, what I wish I would have known back then is, you know, there is no time limit. And I was, let's see, by the time we got married, I was 33 years old and all my friends were married. All of my friends were having kids. I was the one that was kind of lonely and not really dating. So here I'm in this wild romance and I'm like, oh wow, this is so amazing. And so he came to the United States and we decided to get married. And I had, you know, the, the same fantasy that we all do. Oh, the big wedding on the beach and it's my turn. And oh, we're so in love and you know, I thought that he had kind of the same drive that I did, but I there was also a discrepancy in the amount of money we made. I was that well, like you I were said, like this powerhouse career yes. on TV, and he yes. enjoyed that. 
and he enjoyed the uh, the perks of that. And so I, of course, being so giving, I came, came from a wonderful, wonderful family. My parents were happily married for 50 years. And there was a little, you know, naivety in me, and I still have it, where I just believe the best in everyone, and I see the potential in everyone. I get it. <laughs> so that's why like, we're real life experts. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I'm like, what, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to school? Do you, so you know, I put him through this school. I put him through that school. I, you know, helped him. You know, I introduced him to all the right people, and he just wasn't getting his stuff together. And you know, I was working so hard and traveling so hard. I had an apartment in New York. I had a home in Miami, and he kind of felt more comfortable being in that home in Miami while I was traveling the country and parts of the world working all the time. And every time I would check in, he wasn't really doing much with his, with his life, but he was enjoying the life I was providing. Right. And um, because I was on the road a lot, you know, um, so a very good friend of mine sat me down and said, this man has been having multiple affairs with multiple women. And at the time I knew of six and I was able to establish the, for the proof around that, um, you know, I, I, I sat him down and I, you know, addressed the issue and of course, deny, 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 but I finally got out of him that yes, this is was this was going on. So I realized this wasn't working. We were married for four years. There was no children. Okay. Um, you know, I was doing all kinds of things to try to build his credit. So I put him on, you know, the mortgage of the house. I would, you know, buy things and, you know, get, give him a credit card in his name that I'd pay the bills trying to build his credit, you know, help, 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 help. And so oh, when I hit you in the ass in the end, oh God, did I make mistakes? And so when I realized this isn't working, I'm not happy. He's not, you know, he's had four years to get his, you know, shit together um and he's not and he's sleeping around and i knew it wasn't going to stop and i said okay here's what's going to happen and i was broken hearted but i said i i am not this is not going to be my life and because there aren't children and because it's four years in he got an american citizenship out of the deal we traveled the world together he had every opportunity i knew that life was too short and i was going to make the move and say listen let's let's do this you're not happy. I'm not happy. I'm going to give you money to move, money to buy a car and money to get your life started. You have an American citizenship. You're young. He's seven years young, seven years younger than me. We were only married for four years. So, you know, I was 33, 37 at the time. So he was like 30, like he had his whole life ahead of him to get it together. And I tried very hard to go to a mediator. And the minute I got him into the media, mediator's office, he went to use the restroom and disappeared. <gasps> and, and I sat there with the mediator and we looked around and looked in the restroom and he, he had taken off. And he went and got a high powered attorney and he sued me for half. And unfortunately, we got married in the state of New York, which is a no fault state. So all the cheating I couldn't approve. Um, he didn't go for what I had offered. I wasn't going to just leave him hanging. I, I wanted him to help. I, we thought it was fair. My attorneys thought it was fair. My accountant thought it was fair. It was more than fair. Right. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so I wound up having to pay alimony for four years. And what happened was, is we were fighting in court and there just came a time and it was my accountant who's a dear friend of mine. And he said to me, what, what is it worth the stress right. and the anxiety 
or is it worth just you know paying this you know guy off and living your life and being free and and that's what i did and I mean, so much value i think a lot of times when many women find themselves on the other side of where you were as the yeah. you know, the, the underdog so to speak the non-money partner trying to sue the husbands and fight for whatever they can get yes. and it's like I think sometimes people don't understand the value of just not having the negativity on your shoulders. Yes. Like they'd yes. rather fight for the money, not having the foresight of like, what is this relationship going to look like later on? And how are you going to feel about everything later on? That's right. That's it's right. And, that and, I and I do believe that, you know, when children are involved, there needs to be more of a, a fight because those children need to be taken care of. But because there wasn't any children, it got to the point where I just, for me to sleep at night, to live my life, to move yeah. on, write the check, just let it happen. Money is just money. My sanity was worth so much more. And this was really killing me. And so once I made that decision, it still took a while to let go of that kind of anger. I bet. This is something that I built my whole, my whole career. Right. And to have that taken away with somebody this guy who coming in and claiming he didn't even travel with you to support the career. He wasn't even involved nope. in your career. Not so at all. No. Me, but that, that really is the problem with getting to litigation. And my story is really only similar in the fact that I was also being dragged into yes. litigation. Like it didn't really matter if I wanted to mediate. It really didn't matter if you wanted to mediate. It only takes one to take it to a level that, that you know, you really have to be in, you know, an agreement on how yes. you're going to follow through with this. And it's just, it's really shitty. It is. And it takes a lot of, it, it takes a lot of internal work. I had to sit there and be like, you know what? If I just stared at, oh my God, this is my career that I built blood, sweat, and tears. I never went to college. I had nobody help me with this. This is just working from the time I was 15 years old till now. And that kind of anger of somebody coming in that you saved from a say, you know what? I did something good for someone else, regardless of the fact that, that he's taking more, at least I can sleep at night. I did all the right things. And when he gets that last check, he's going to have to go out in the world and fend for himself. And that's when his lessons will kick in, but you had to let it go. And it took me a while. It wasn't overnight. Right. And it was probably till I, I, I wrote that last check. That was that last check that I finally just released all of it and said, okay, it's a new beginning. It's a new dawn. I am done. It is so. What can I do forward? Number one, always protect myself for now on. That's the huge right. lesson. And also if somebody comes to me in my life, they have to come as an equal partner. They can right. no longer be somebody where I see the potential. No, no, you got to come, you know, right. holding a lot right. of cards as well. Yeah. <laughs> So that was really a pivotal point in your life. I mean, yes. doesn't it feel like you can take a deep breath? Yes. Like it's it's such a freeing turn in your life. Yes. Um, I, I totally, I mean, I, I hear you. And, and so Jessica and I talk so much about how every divorce is unique. Every divorce is a snowflake or a fingerprint or, or whatever yes. you want to say. But the truth is there are nuggets of it that we all... Yes. Share so even though it looked different on paper, mm -hmm. 
for me, my relief was when I got the call validating what my gut has been screaming at me, but I wasn't listening to it. And then she she gave me two open doors that like I ran as fast as I could out the door and be done with my marriage. Mm -hmm. It was the greatest day, but Mm -hmm. I could, I didn't realize how suffocating it was. Right. That happened. And I was like, holy shit, I've been paralyzed for years. Yes. Yes. But it's funny. You you know, you feel it. The intuition is there. It's you choose not to look at it. And it's funny because even after I found out about the infidelities, I still try to go to a counselor with him. I was going to give it one last chance to go to, you know, a marriage counselor to see if we could work through this. And we went to a man because I figured he wouldn't go to a woman. And the man actually looked at me, the, the counselor, and he said, Carmody, there's something about um, you that's that's wildly positive, but sometimes you can be too positive. And I think in this case, you're too positive. And he said that right in front of him. <laughs> I mean, when your therapist is telling you that, you yeah. know, that's a sign. But I also think like, you know, part of what Tate is saying, that things that resonate across the board, regardless of whether or not people are in your situation, is just also yes. the idea that like, when there are red flags in our faces, mm-hmm. sometimes we're just not paying yeah. attention to them. We're either defending them, we're making excuses for them. We're not sure that it's red flags. We think we're trying to work through it. We right. look back later, we see them. It's like, there's a, re- I don't know why so many women have this reluctance to stop and be like, is this a red flag? Am I paying right. attention to this? I, right. I just, it's, it's such an interesting aspect. I think of so many divorces, people will yes. say, I knew. I, I knew gonna last. But, but here's the thing too. And I think 99.9% of women can agree to this, that if they ever did bring it up, they they were told, what what are you crazy? Right. right. What are you crazy? Are you what are you paranoid? Right. How many of us have heard that when we yeah. thought it like we knew it and we brought it up and they're like, no, you're insane. You're crazy. You're jealous. You're this. It's a, oh, and, and then we start thinking, oh, maybe we're crazy. Right. No, well, that's the whole mind game. But also, I mean, I just feel like for me, and it sounds like it's, it's similar for almost everybody. I mean, it's self-preservation. Yes. You know, you're, you have to wake up the next day. You have to go to sleep that night. And so you're going to like, it's like your body fighting off a disease. Right. You know, for me, my body, I just, I didn't hear anything he said. So right. he me. I just, I didn't even hear it. I didn't pay attention to it. I just yeah. went through my day and that wasn't any way that I wanted to exist now looking back. Like yes. I have a hard time looking back at who I was for a few years because I, I was a shell of the person yes. I've been all my whole life. Did you feel right. too? Like, did you yes. recognize yourself? Yes, there were moments I didn't recognize myself and I had to get back to my core. You know, just like what I wrote to myself when I first moved to New York, I had to get back to that. I had to get back to realize, release this, learn the lesson. Um, you, you, you took a chance. There's nothing wrong with taking a chance on love, even if it's crazy, even if he's younger and from another country and, you know, all the red flags are there. Like, it's still okay to take a chance on love. I, I always believe that. But if things don't work out, you have to be able to self-preserve, like you said, and rise like a phoenix. And what you can't do is hold on to that fear and negativity of the next person that comes into your life. Cause that's not fair to the next person. 
Now, if you find that you um, are making the same pattern choices, then you got to break your pattern. But sometimes you'll meet somebody brand new and all that kind of fear and anxiety you put onto that person, that's not right. You really have to do the work and you really have to let that go and you really have to start anew. And take responsibility. Yes, totally. I, and that's, that, that's I a good like, point. Responsibility. You were also serving it up to him on a silver platter. Like I was taking it. Any of us may have taken it like, oh my God, this is awesome. I can go this, yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I only say that now because we're so many years out. I mean, I would love to say that he was just, you know, the worst, but the truth is I stayed and I allowed That's right. and, That's right. and I enabled it to a certain extent also for multiple, you know, reasons, but still, those are my actions. So as soon as you own those things, then you won't do them again. Well, sometimes no, it's, it takes a while to be able to own those things. I mean, it's uh, not yes. like years, like every relationship I was in, I, I learned and then I made the same goddamn mistake again. And then I learned yeah. like I needed a few, like, you know, slaps on the wrist. Yes. To be this, this is a different face, but it's the same shit. Yeah. I had somebody tell me after the fact, and they were so true because I was so caught up in the fantasy of it. You know, he's this good looking guy, you know, salsa dancing, like, wow, I got this hot man on my arm. Like, yeah. you know, and somebody told me after this all happened, they said, Carmody, you know, you have to look at marriage almost like a business contract. Because especially if you have children and you buy houses or, you know, you, you're living a life together, you're combining lives. Both of you guys have to look at each other like business partners. And I never did that. I was just all about the love and the excitement and the passion and whatever happens will happen. Now I don't do that. <laughs> well, I have a question for you because it's not um, probably that common that women find themselves in a divorce situation where they're, the, they're the, the person making more money. They're the ones responsible for paying alimony. Yes. So I'm curious when, when you speak to men friends of yours who have been divorced, mm -hmm. who may be like bitching and moaning about having to have given away half and having to pay the alimony and blah, blah, blah. Like, do you feel like you empathize more with the men in divorce from being in that yes. part? That's an actually, it's a very, very good question. Now, believe it or not, four of my best friends, four of my best friends had the same situation as me where when they made more money. And they had to pay alimony to their spouses. Four of my friends, which is very weird, right? Well, Obviously, you're just, I you're just rolling with a high-powered female crew. I mean, my girls like we get we get things done. Get shit done. But you know what? Yes, you're right. My friends that are male that are going through this, it's different if there's kids. I always say, take care of those children. You right. have to take care of those children because I've seen some men that are bitching and complaining about the amount of money. And I say, you know what? No, you've got to think about what, you know, your kids need. That's very important. Now there are some women that are taking advantage and, you know, asking for ridiculous amounts of money that, you know, doesn't make sense for what the kids need. But I, I do a lot. There's a few men that I know that divorced women that didn't have kids and I do feel for them, but a lot of them, you know, if the woman has, you know, a job and, and she's making money and, you know, it's a little bit different, but you know, in my circumstance, you know, I had, I had everything, had nothing. And I, the more I tried to help, the more I tried to build, you know, I, I find that if the more you established a lifestyle yeah. to which he became yeah. accustomed. 
somebody told them how it's done in America. Right. <laughs> so after that fiasco. Yes. You move on. I mean, I feel like part of your story that's so admirable is the fact that even after that, then like things kind of like didn't pan out the way you thought with that business. You had to kind of like yes. pull yourself up by your bootstraps again. You know, I, it's like amazing that you just are that person who's like, you're just going to make it work no matter what's going on. Yeah, I just, I feel like we are all warriors. As women, we don't understand how much power we harness inside. So for me, it's it's been like every time I'm faced with another challenge, I surprise myself. And then I feel even more prideful when I get through it. Because like about the time that I wrote that last alimony check, I felt like I was working for him. Things were going a little differently. You know, I had some business problems and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really hustling to pay this guy instead of my own life. Then when that was done, I had, you know, I, I spent four years being alone and I really had a good time. I traveled the world. I built up my business again. You know, things were, you know, really rocking and rolling. Um, and then I, cho I chose to be with somebody, a new guy decided not to marry him, but he was the polar opposite of this guy. This is the guy that had a big career and had a lot of money. And, you know, I thought was an equal, but I got sucked into another bad thing again with the you know the red flags were there but different red flags this time so it was a new set of lessons that i had to learn um and i went through six six and a half years of another roller coaster um and by the time i got out of that now i just turned 50 i love being alone i enjoy being alone i'm like i'm good i'll date i'll have fun but I like having my bank account and I, you know, my, you know, goals and I, you know, I will not ever, you know, blend those two things together. Even if I fall in love and magically, you know, maybe get married again someday, who knows, but I like the independence. I feel proud that I've gotten here. And you've built up a whole other company. Yes. And I have a whole new company. Okay. <laughs> So before we get into that, I just want to also point out the fact that when you can recognize your personal growth and your personal success, not even monetary, monetary is awesome also, but when you can recognize your, your lessons learned and holy shit, I did this and this was all me. Yes. That's what's so priceless and so. Yes. You, that's the impetus for you to continue to wake up and keep marching forward. And I think that's something Jessica and I have learned and supported one another in doing, yes. validating each other, reminding each other of our yes. personal successes. So yes. that we're, you know, like, who am I to pat myself on the back? You know what? I'm going to pat Wait. myself on the back. Who are you not to? <laughs> right. right. It's not right. That's a society pressure, but I just... You know, the fact that you have been able to reinvent yourself and, and just stay focused on your personal growth from back when you moved to New York City, you have stayed true to yourself. And yes, I mean, do you also looking back, I mean, we regret a lot of things, but, you know, I, I've got three beautiful children and I wouldn't That's be right. right today if I didn't right. go through all of that blood, sweat and tears. That's and right. do you kind of feel that way too? Do you think that those- Oh gosh. I mean, 
for me, it's almost like I had to learn the hard ways. It's like little things I probably wouldn't have paid attention because, you know, I've got a lot of energy and I'm pretty positive as it is. But I needed to get like hit over the head with an anvil quite a few times before I really got the lesson. The last relationship I was in, I had, it was one of those situations where I had to like escape in the night and I had nothing. I had no business at the time. What not to wear was over. My second business had collapsed. You know, I didn't have anywhere to go. Um, I know I needed to get out of this relationship and I didn't have anywhere. And so, you know, I, I gathered my girls, my friends, my team, my, my beauties. And I said, I need help. And I'd never asked for help. I was so independent. And I said, I really need some help. And so I happened to have a girlfriend that had an, uh, an apartment that was empty. And she says, you can stay there for as long as you need to get your feet back on the ground. And it took seven months of me basically being homeless and just, you know, having stuff in storage and sleeping in this, you know, apartment that, you know, I couldn't stay there forever to build this company back up. And once I did that and then moved out and got my own apartment, it was like even more exciting yeah. because I was able to go from rock bottom where I lost everything. And it was some dark times. And it, there were times I was, I didn't know if I was going to make it. And, and by having the girls surround me, by having that, that sisterhood that reminded me that I had that power, that is when everything started clicking into place. The right business people came along, the right opportunities, the brand started growing, I started growing. And now I feel more empowered. I feel like I have more self-respect, self-esteem. And looking back, I wouldn't be here today if I didn't go through all of those you know, terrible situations that you know I didn't think I was gonna lift my head off the couch. And here I am, and it is all worth it. I love, we love that message because we actually did a, did a podcast specifically all about kind of like, you know, gathering your girl gang. And yep. it, it's so common when you're in a bad relationship that inevitably you actually end up pulling back from the people that you love the most. You pull away yes. from your family, you pull away from your friends. Yes. So then you find yourself in the end ready to leave for whatever reason, but now you're like distanced from the people yes. that are the closest to you. And I think that it's very normal for that to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to ask for help. And so yes. if all of this came about for TH and I, because we had each other and we were able to like get help from each other without even kind of realizing what we were going through. I think that that message that you just said was so powerful and so important for people to hear. Like you, you need to tell people where you are with things and let yes. people help you because that's what's going to carry you through to the other side for sure. It's it's so true. That's why your platform of XX is so incredibly important because we need to be vulnerable to be able to heal. And you can't be vulnerable when you're hiding and you're afraid to open up or tell your family or, or maybe you can't even afford to go to see a therapist. But that's why, or maybe your friends won't get it or maybe they're siding with the ex. But that's why you guys creating this is so incredibly important. And I wish I had it when I was going through it a couple of times. And so people are very lucky to have you. Well, we appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we, in getting back to the businesses that you've created and kind of where you are now, I mean, one of the things that totally drew us in um, was the idea of the five minute face. Yes. And I feel like a part of our prior conversation was how 
a lot of times when women are coming out of divorce, everyone's so consumed with like, how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to take care of myself? How am I going to take care of my kids? That a lot of times things seem frivolous when it comes to clothing and makeup and, and that sort of thing. But the truth is like, that's actually one of the most important things because when you're feeling yes. good about yourself, that's when you're going to put yourself, your best self out there in every in your life. Right. right. So tell us a little bit about that and why like yes. that's such a strong message for you. Yeah. I mean, since I started my entire career, I've always been known as the light-handed makeup artist. I've always looked at women as flowers, right? So there's daffodils and orchids and cactus flowers and tulips and daisies, and they're all completely unique and they all look completely different, but they're all beautiful. And so I always wanted to enhance a woman's natural beauty to make her feel her very best in a quick and easy way. I did it when I was doing my photo shoots. I did it for years on what not to wear. And it's all about celebrating your uniqueness. Now, you know, we've been using cosmetics for thousands of years. Like the ancient Mesopotamians and Egyptians <laughs> would put on makeup, but as a way of like, celebrating as a way of like, you know, fertility rites or, or festival. And it seems like now if we do use makeup, we're using it as a tool of insecurity. Like, oh, I hate cover my shit or, or yeah, cover it up or I don't feel good about myself. Well, we need to practice that ancient feminine ritual of self-beautification, mainly because number one, it releases endorphins in the brain. So it makes you feel good yourself pampering and you don't need a ton just polish your natural beauty so that's when the five minute face came into play so I was on the show and I was I was working with a lot of real women who say you know I don't wear makeup or I have five kids or I'm too busy with my career or I have Parkinson's and I have a shaky hand so I can't do tons of stuff I need something that's very easy to do and so what I did is I, I was going to write a book about it. And I did called the five minute face. It's one of my first books, but I was reading these case studies done by scientists to see when is a woman at her most beautiful. And it wasn't when she looked like a supermodel or looked like, you know, a celebrity because standards of beauty have changed for thousands of years, thousands of years. I mean, it totally changes. Um, and so these researchers were going into even tribes of like this tribe, you know, this is what they found. The one common thread that makes a woman at her most beautiful is when she's at her most fertile. Well, that ship sailed, obviously, for a lot of us. And so, but they <laughs> broke it down. <laughs> and, but they, they, broke, they broke down what that was. And there were five things. Number one, her skin glowed. So that's when I created my Carmenizing highlighter, right? You know that one. I do that on every woman I work with, which is highlighting on top of the cheekbones, right under the brow, inner corner of the eye. Highlight is just light and light is energy and you're bouncing energy from your face. And it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 80, when you put on a little glow to your skin, you look radiant. The second thing that they realized was that eyes were capturing attention, like trying to get her suitor, right? So that is where I created the eyeliner and mascara. Simple, no need for eyeshadow. You got your highlight on. Eyeliner is gonna restore that lash line and make it look thicker. And a fun flirty lash is gonna get noticed, right? And anybody, any shape of eye can wear that. Then your cheeks flush on a cellular level when you're blushing. 
when you're at your most fertile and you're in love and you see your guy, you flush. So I created the perfect blush. So that just goes on the apples of your cheeks. And then last they found was your lips get engorged with blood because you want to kiss and you're excited. And that is the lipstick, the last step. So when I created these five products, which by the way, are universal and work on all skin tones, I can put this on somebody again, who's 18 or somebody who's 80, and it restores them back to their most natural radiant self. Simple, easy, numbered in order of application, five steps. And that way it doesn't matter if you wear foundation or tinted moisturizer, this is the color to bring your face back to life. Super easy, anyone can do it. And if anyone does it and then they're feeling good about themselves because now they're walking out the door after having done something so easy and so simple, yeah. it just, you you completely put out a totally different energy and so bring true. back to you so much different so, energy. So true. I mean, if you go out of the house and you know your hair is a mess and you have no makeup on and you haven't slept, you, you walk with your head down. But and you put way, a, totally when you're going to run into people you know and always like, always <laughs> always never fails and your head's down you're like oh god but just that you know a couple little things just to really celebrate yourself not change who you are you're not using contour and getting big fake eyelash extensions none of that simplicity just polishing what you have in the age you are right this moment just polish that just take care of that and you walk out of the house your head is held high and you do feel so much better so i come from a family that's all about the way you look um, i'm sure many people do my grandmother was never left her bedroom without quote unquote her face on <laughs> And she actually stopped me once I was on my way to the gym and we were on Florida together and I came back from the gym and she goes, where'd you go? I said, I went to the gym. She goes, you can't leave the house without your face on. I'm like, <laughs> I'm out sweating my brains out. But that right. was that generation, you know, like, yes. I can't tell yes. you how many times my mother tried to put lipstick on my cheeks and then squeeze them. Oh, so the pinching cheek. Yes. Right, right. right. Yes. So that's where I came from. So I've always been like, I don't want the hassle of makeup. I just don't. Right. So now as I've, you know, matured, I'm willing to do some things. A um, little bit. Wearing makeup today, but you can't even tell. <laughs> but, but simple is better. And so even yes, if meeting ex-experts, especially when you're going through trauma or anything, divorce, your mind is going to explode. There's way too much information in your head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can count five. Yes. Like even for cooking for me, I am not a cook. If it's under five steps or under twenty minutes, I'm good. That's I can, it. And not a lot of like mincing and stuff. Like just right. simple. So for me, your five minute face is is so perfect for me because I really Excellent. I should spend more time. I do spend more time than I used to, but probably still not as much as I could. <laughs> I can do five and you can do five you could do five and even for skin so I created a four-piece skin system which is just primer foundation concealer powder so you can use one of those you can use all four of those but they're numbered in order of application because what I wanted women to understand is there's way too much information out there and there's way too many brands mm -hmm. and everybody's saying that theirs is the best and but you walk into a makeup store, where do you even begin? Right. Like what color, what this, what that? So 
as a makeup artist for 30 years, I know shades that are universal. I know formulas that are going to be quick and easy. I grew up, actually, my grandmother was the one that always like didn't leave the house without makeup. But my mom, I grew up as a tomboy. So we grew up in Huntington Beach, California. We were surfing. We were, you know, going fishing, going camping, going hiking. We were very outdoorsy. So it wasn't high glamour. So the fact that I got into the glamour industry is kind of funny because it's like, we're really natural, but I think that's why I went towards the more natural look alternative. Yeah. And what we're seeing now, I mean, thank God, I, it's, it's at the end of this craze of Instagram and YouTubers pouring at all these layers on their skin and painting on their eyebrows. Well, I think quarantine, you know, quieted that down because we were all at home. We stopped doing all that stuff. We were, you know, behind masks. And I think, you know, we set our skin free. So now I've all, Carmody Beauty's always been about the watercolor approach and, and less is more and enhance what you have. And, and now we're saying that it's, it's back, skin is in and less is more and just natural. Just take what you got and celebrate it. I think that that just is who you are as a person. Anyway, you know, you, for, you know, this whole conversation and, and the chat that we had prior to this, I mean, you're being true to you. This yeah. is how you truly feel and you're sharing it with others because you know, it feels good. It it's does. Yep. Sales pitch. It's not anything else. It's just really authentic. And, and that's what makes you love your job, right? Because yes. you're, you're being true to you, you're, you're, you're following your passion and you're, you're kind of paying it forward, right? You're, you're yes. allowing other people to have a tool that works for you and you know it's going to work for them. And, and that it's so funny because X-Experts and beauty products couldn't be, you know, if you <laughs> look at categories like media, yeah. our, this is like our passion to pay it forward for what we know. And, and you're doing it in the form of beauty. Right. And yeah, like, I, I, I think that it, it all stemmed from when I was really, really young. I mean, when I was in junior high and high school, I was the overweight kid that was teased and bullied and made fun of. And I wanted to get into beauty for many reasons. And one of them was to make women feel good. It helped me yeah. feel good. But again, you know, what not to wear. I spent 10 years on that show listening it wasn't what I did on models on the cover of magazines. It was the women that, you know, again, just got a divorce or just lost a hundred pounds or just survived breast cancer or just lost their parent or, you know, had an abusive boyfriend. And I'm like, oh my God, what do you want? What, tell me about your life, what's going on and how can I make it simple and easy? So the brand has been this way before I even had a product made in a, in a factory. Well, this is what has been going on. And it's, it's, I think, wonderful for people, again, as TH said, you know, coming out of divorce, there's so much going on. But also, let's not forget the fact that as everyone now reemerges after COVID, after having yeah. not worn makeup for so long, sitting around in a sweatsuit, masks, something to make yourself look pretty when you walk out the door. So, right? It's totally fun. Get, it's like a new uh, dress. Just put a right. new lipstick on. <laughs> right, right. So all of um, the five-minute face, Carmen D's products for everyone listening are going to be in our X-rated section on X-Experts because we um, couldn't recommend it more. And it, hopefully if you're wearing it, you're going to come across with the kind of energy that she's putting out there because really like feeling good about yourself is going to be the first step to the next phase of things right. for people. So that's right. 
thank you so much for your oh. time and for opening up to us. I really think that your story is so powerful and with so many people. It's so important for people out there to like not feel the shame and stigma of divorce, regardless of yes. the circumstances of where they came from. Correct. You have such Correct. a strong voice that we just really appreciate you sharing that with us today. Well, I'm so honored that you guys had me on because I think you're right. I think the more stories we tell, the more we support and build each other up. And we all have it in us to soar. We're yeah. going to all be Phoenix rising. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> so thank you again, Carmen D. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Divorce Etc. with the ex-experts. We really hope this episode was helpful for you in getting information you need and feeling empowered to get through it. And always remember there are so many of us just like you. Now, please hit the subscribe button so you always get new episodes and please rate and review us. You can also check out our website filled with free resources at xexperts.com. Follow us on social on Instagram and Facebook and send us an email to let us know your thoughts or any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about. See you next time.